Welcome to the Balance That podcast, where we explore the intersection of health, nutrition, fitness, mindset, and believe it or not, mighty balance. My name is Saoirse from Build and Balance Nutrition, and I am on a mission to provide you with the tools and resources you need to achieve optimal well-being, as well as the language and articulations of how you may feel or have felt in the past. Whether you're looking for ways to improve and challenge your overall well-being and concept of self, you're an everyday active healthcare professional, a seasoned athlete, a business owner, or a mighty busy parent, this podcast is for you. So sit back, grab a cuppa or a drink of your preference, and let's dive into the world of a balanced life through optimizing your physical and mental performance outcomes. And always remember, a well-fueled individual is a happier and healthier individual. I'm so grateful to have you here and be guiding you along the way. Hello everyone and welcome to episode two of the Balance That podcast. I firstly just want to say thank you so, so, so much to every single person who um, has given me some feedback, shared, supported this podcast um, right off the bat. Honestly, I am just so grateful and really, really appreciate it. And I just can't wait to continue on the journey as we go and help you build up your toolbox. Now, for today's session, as you can see, we're going to be going through three key mindset shifts to fuel your nutrition journey. As we highlighted during the episode one, I have the four key pillars that I love to highlight as an embodiment of your overall nutrition, that being, of course, your diet, your mindset, movement, rest and balance. And so that being pillar number two, mindset. It is no surprise at all how much this mindset component can influence our nutritional decisions, thought processes, actions, outcomes, performance, all the things. And I'm so grateful that within recent years, it's become more and more apparent and a lot of people are gaining a greater insight into its true importance. I personally am just so passionate about the mindset element and which which I mentioned, of course, in my introduction as well. I went on to do my postgrad diploma in counseling for that given reason. I'm just so fascinated by the human mind. Equally, I have also gone on and invested much of my time to the likes of mindset coaches, um, counselors, and psychologists. I just, um, yeah, I'm in awe of it. And I really, really believe that um, it is a huge key component to your ability to show up for your nutrition and get the results that you desire. Now, as we mentioned briefly in episode one as well, we went through the likes of how what kind of comes under this umbrella of mindset in which we spoke around the likes of stress, um, you know, sadness, how we cope with those different types of emotions through our life and how we can use food to kind of cope and deal with that, whether it be under overeating or comfort food, all of those things. Alongside that, much of it comes back to the language that we use around food and how influential this can be on our ability to make nutritional decisions and also the emotions that we attach about um, ourselves when we eat certain foods and the impact this can have on our mental well-being and mental state. Now, much of this, I guess, the language that we kind of accumulate over, I guess, our time has Again, a lot come back from uh, childhood in which a lot of it's been conditioning, but equally we've picked up along the way, whether it be online or just through different resources um, as we go, some being more helpful and others not. And the thing is, is that when we go through, you know, just 
life we don't know what we don't know and so much of the language that we are using on a daily basis could actually be really really hindering um, our ability to optimally perform the way that we speak about ourselves and how we feel on a daily basis and all of that good stuff so it's just no surprise that you know the the link between the you know nutrition and mindset is just huge and then when we go back even when we think about the upcoming research on the link between the mind and the gut and how the gut and the brain access is just so influential when we think about the likes of you know how we feel when we're nervous and um, the gut microbiome and all of that good stuff so it's just huge it's huge um and i just hope that i'm going to go through yeah three of course key mindset shifts that i really really want each of you to truly just embody and just fine tune and i want to just preference as well that these are ones that i personally have had to make myself along my journey and are ones that are just constantly coming up time and time again in my private practice and what i see online and all of those good things so yeah, just take take what you will from each of them and run with them. Okay, so if that hasn't highlighted the importance of, you know, really driving home that link between mindset and nutrition and how our mind can truly can control our nutritional decisions, behaviors, thoughts, actions, all of that good stuff and our performance outcomes. I'm going to run you through a quick little study to just truly illustrate and drive home its importance and the link between the two. Now bear with me as I run through this lovely study. In my opinion, it's really, really interesting and I just, yeah, I don't know. I hope everyone else finds it interesting as well, but hopefully it'll just drive it home even further. So this study is called the Milkshake Study and you never know, some of you may have heard of it before. So pretty much this study is all around a 380 calorie milkshake and so there were two groups both groups were given a 380 calorie milkshake however the point of difference here was that each group were told different things so one group was told that they were given an indulgent shake told that it had 620 calories on it on that milkshake it had stated it's a decadent milkshake and you deserve it the other group was given a quote-unquote sensible shake and they were told that there was only 140 calories in that shake labeled that it was fat-free and guilt-free now all of these shakes were consumed within the same time in the same in the same space environment all of those good controllables were taken into account the aim of this study was to measure how it influenced people's perceptions of feelings of fullness and how the cognitive functioning actually impaired or I guess overall perceptions. How they measured this was by measuring a hormone that is within our gut, secreted in our gut, called ghrelin. Now people within the medical profession call this hormone the hunger hormone. So what happens here is when ghrelin levels in the stomach rise, that signals to the brain that it's time to seek out food. So when they are high within the stomach, our brain gets tapped into and it's like, yo, go get me some food. So pretty much what they found here was the sensible shakes, no changes in ghrelin. Whereas the ghrelin levels dropped about three times more when people were consuming the indulgent shake. So what this illustrated was that if you believed you were drinking the indulgent shake, 
your body responded as if you had consumed much more. But what we know is that both groups were actually given 380 calories. So there was actually no difference at all. What was really different was the mindset behind how they perceived these drinks. So the language that they were telling themselves, the thoughts that they were telling themselves about the quote unquote indulgent shake. So what this kind of comes back to is the conditioning that we have around food or language that we use around food, you know, good, bad, you should or should not eat that and how strong and powerful our mind really is and trying to signal to our body that we don't need food just because we've had a quote unquote less nutrient dense or a quote unquote indulgent shake. And how we have kind of, I guess, spiraled into this scarcity mindset that we're not allowed to have certain foods and that we need to control our mind to ensure that we don't feel hungry again. So as I mentioned, it just illustrates how powerful our mind really, really is in our nutritional decisions and behaviors thought processes all of that good stuff and with that being said we're going to get into some of these language shifts now that will help you navigate this as a whole okay so the first mindset shift that we're going to go through that will help empower your overall nutrition is all around the should or shouldn't language so for example i should go to the gym I shouldn't eat that cake. I shouldn't have had that takeaway. I should have that carrot for my morning tea instead of this biscuit, whatever it may be. So using the words should or shouldn't implies a confident expectation attached to it. And when we think to set expectations, high levels of emotions are attached. Emotions that can be ranging from the likes of guilt or shame if we meet them, or excitement and joy if we do. So even when we think about the likes of uh, exams when we were younger or through uni or whatever it may be, if we set a certain level of expectation and we don't reach that expectations, just right now, take a moment and think about how you feel. So expectations can let lead and let you feel feelings of disappointment or frustration if they are not met and attach a degree of pressure if not monitored. And much of this comes back to conditioning, condition that we used when we were growing up or whatever it may have been. And so what we wanna do is really clock this language that we are using so that we can feel more uplifted with our choices rather than feeling feelings of guilt or shame or really senses of extremes. So instead, a way of balancing that, the thing to always remember yourself is that we always, always have access to choice. In most cases, how you control your health behaviors is up to you and you have the choice to change the language that you are using and the power, as we know, is in your mind. Thus, you can choose to use should to the likes of I choose to, I am deciding to, I get to, I am prioritizing to right now. And you can choose to swap the word shouldn't to I am choosing not to, I am deciding not to. This choice or this behavior does not align with my goal right now. What these shifts do is they help dissolve the expectation that is attached. 
and as a result, dissolve strong emotions of the likes of feelings or guilt that can come alongside when you do or do not do certain things. So for example, if I were to say, I shouldn't eat that piece of cake, all I'm gonna wanna do is eat that piece of cake because the expectation there is that I can't eat it. And like when you think about when you're a kid and your mom says, you shouldn't do that, all you wanna do is do it. Literally, you're like, nah, like, screw you, I wanna do it. (laughs) You know what I mean? And when you, someone says, even, to yourself when you say I should equally the same thing goes you can like throw a little tantrum and you're like nah I'm going to throw in the towel and I'm not going to do it because you're saying I should and so when we change the narrative change the mindset to these more helpful thought process like I am choosing to because we always have access to choice I am deciding to or I am choosing not to because it doesn't align right now with my goal or my values or whatever it may be. It's just so much more easygoing and there's le- there's less resistance there. So you don't feel it pretty much. You don't feel it as much as a toddler. You're actually more easygoing. The resistance isn't there and it helps dissolve those strong feelings and those strong emotions attached to the outcome or your overall decisions. So that's number one. Begin to clock when you're using the language of shouldn't, shouldn't around your food, around your food choices or the choices that you made previously, knowing that you always have access to choice, to choosing a different thinking thought and a better thinking thought that is more in support of your overall outcomes and the feelings that you feel towards yourself after had eaten or not eaten, or partaking in a certain behavior. Number two, coming in strong and quite similar to the above, the classic labeling food, or whatever it may be, food alone, or how you feel about yourself after having eaten certain food, labeling food as good or bad. And this is a classic. And like above, using such strong words attaches very, very strong emotions alongside it. And with the word good or bad, naturally, there's a degree of a moral compass attached to it. So for example, again, if we come back to, you know, when we were a kid and we were told that we were bad, a lot of emotions come alongside that. Um, Or if you even think about today, if you were told, you know, your work's really bad, how would you naturally feel? A lot of negative connotation is attached to the word bad. Equally, when we come to the word good, if we're told that something is good, if our work's good, or if certain things are good, we naturally feel more uplifted and confident within ourselves. And when we think about the word good or bad in the realm of nutrition, we can even think about, you know, things like people saying, oh, is is that good for you? Or, oh, that's really bad. Or, I was really good today, so for the rest of the day, I'm going to eat quite bad that's a classic that is a classic (laughs) like I was really good today like what does that even mean you know like how 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 and this is just again it's conditioning it's conditioning that we just we don't know any different until you know you don't know what you don't know and the thing is is that attaching the words good or bad to food is doing you so much more harm than good there I am using the word good so if we are using the words yeah 
good or bad as a I guess a guidance towards food the thing is is that we are inherently using a moral compass towards food and what we want to do is honestly completely remove that moral compass from food because inherently we are no better or worse of a human being morally for having eaten or not have eaten a certain food like we're literally not like i'm not going to go right now and go and put the mcdonald's in the naughty corner for time out for two minutes because it's been really really bad it's been really naughty like morally that mcdonald's it can go wherever it wants it's not a bad thing it's not going in the naughty corner <laughs> equally you know the the apple the apple with some peanut butter peanut butter for the one by the way it's not going on the podium at the olympics for gold star you know it's morally it's not better than the mcdonald's it's literally no better or worse of a food and you're no better or worse of a person morally if you had had that mcdonald's or if you had that apple like in my perception and this is what i truly am drive home to my clients i do not view you as being a better or worse of a human if you come to me in the morning and you're like oh i had oats tonight or oh i actually had mcdonald's drive through this morning like cool of course they're different but you literally are no better or worse of a human being for having done either or you're the same person to me and to everyone as it should be so i really want to drive that home as you can probably hear i'm quite passionate about this this topic <laughs> so I, what i want you to do here you might be wondering and again i want you just to get curious and you know with no no guilt or shame this is not me adding any of you this is me you know adding myself years ago and also just um driving home this really really crucial shift that i really want each of you to drive home and start to change within your world your internal dialogue catching yourself when you use words such as good or bad towards certain food or after you had eaten certain foods or whatever it may be and a way of balancing that is really making these shifts such as using words such as you know foods are more nutrient dense or foods are less nutrient dense and what this does is it doesn't imply that one food is right or wrong it implies that yeah that food has got more nutrients in it which is literally factual it's facts it's not based on a moral compass of course factually when we think to an apple it has more it is more nutrient dense it has got more vitamins and minerals and water and all of that fantastic stuff in it whereas if we look at a mcdonald's a lovely happy meal factually it does have less nutrients it is less nutrient dense sorry it doesn't have necessarily less nutrients it would still have the likes of carbs proteins fats all of that good stuff it still has nutrients in it it's just less nutrient dense it may not have not may not it does not have as many vitamins and minerals per se as the apple but it doesn't make either of them right or wrong so more is nutrient or sorry the apple is more nutrient dense and the um, mcdonald's is less nutrient dense neither are right or wrong they just are when we come in with a neutral perspective when we come in with removing the moral compass of food because morally neither is right neither is wrong it's just neutral one is more nutrient dense and the other is less nutrient dense they get to both coexist they get to coexist as one 
And so we want to really, really just drive that home. And I just, again, want you to get curious about it. But as a whole, it's all about removing the moral compass from food and um, dissolving the, the language of good or bad around food as a whole. Okay, and wrapping it up with number three. Lucky number three. Anyone else? Anyone else? Number three and number 13. Random little fact there. My lucky numbers, please, if they are also your lucky numbers, please do let me know. They're quite like, I don't know, kind of controversial, aren't they? But anyways, let's get into the number three. So this being linking into the other two as well, and what this just really highlights is that these mindset shifts or ways of thinking that you may not have fully, you know, really emphasized on before they all compound and they can really really secretly link into each other without us consciously being mindful of it and when they are brought to our awareness it's really really clear to kind of gain perspective on how strong they're all linked together so this one being they all or nothing or black or white thinking and mindset mentality and which is definitely a lot more known but maybe yeah, maybe you just haven't really thought too much into it before. So the all or nothing mindset is quite common within the health and well-being space. And this is kind of as a result of it being, I guess, driven home really in so many different areas of health, fitness, well-being as a whole. For example, if you think about on a Sunday, you may set out to have a really good week ahead, quote unquote good, you see. And you may say, I should go to the gym Monday and Friday. And so you go pedal to the metal Monday and Friday. And then when it comes to the weekend, you just, you go all hell hit loose. It's like, oh, whatever, you know, it's kind of just like, I'll eat quote unquote bad. Or <laughs> I sound like, I don't know what I sound like just then. Um, I was kind of like leaning into the mic as well, kind of like I was like a detective or something. I don't know. Anyways, let's let's move on from that. But you know what I'm trying to kind of imply here. People can go all hell, guns blazing from Monday to Friday. And then when it comes to the weekend, it's like nothing. So they go all in and then there's nothing on the weekends. And this is where this kind of mindset plays out. Equally, when we think about the likes of six-week challenges or something like that, people can go all in, like, absolute, you know, like, literally, like, tunnel vision, absolute tunnel vision six weeks, and then that six, week, six weeks mark is done, and they're like, nah, nothing. And then when we think about, like, the likes of um, if people, for example, have a less nutrient-dense meal on a Saturday morning, for example, and then they write off the rest of the day because they're like oh well I've just I've just written off like the whole day now because I've had a less nutrient dense meal so nothing else can apply here it's either black or white and so you can see how it can play out in so 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 many different instances in which we think to how our nutritional progress can actually be really really impaired when we think if we are embodying this all or nothing black or white thinking like, for example, if you're someone that is working towards a specific goal and you are thinking that, oh, OK, so I had that less nutrient dense meal this morning, so I can't actually I'm just going to go about my day the exact same way. And that one day can literally differ 
your overall weekly progress because you decided to play into that all or nothing mindset when what we can yeah what we can kind of see play out here is labeling foods as off limit what has been shown is that there are higher rates of binging higher rates over overeating higher rates of impulses and lower levels of regulation around food while lower rates of successful weight management and that being just what i highlighted just before was that when we go in that all or nothing mentality then we can completely take ourselves away from the work that we have put in throughout the week just because we've fallen into that nothing mindset now it's important to notice here as well that there are going to be times that this is not inherently completely wrong so for example if you are an athlete a high performance athlete in which you need to be going you know tunnel vision you're going to be a lot more i guess rigid around the ways of thinking rigid around your meal structure and meal component this is different it's all about the intention behind the mentality that you have around that all or nothing mindset and the tools that you have instilled and the tools that you have set up for yourself when you come out of the likes of say for example preparing for a competition so that when you come out of camp say for example when you're competing even though you were all in you don't go all nothing when you come out of prepping for a camp you're still somewhat still have your toe dipped into that pool you're not completely taking yourself out of there you're still embodying habits that are in support of not going completely all out so ways of balancing this all or nothing mindset is to really shift your mindset into sustainable and lifelong changes and adaptations so that means really really building yourself up with sustainable habits that are going to instill yourself and bring yourself through life this means that there is no stress attached because you know that no matter what you have got habits that are there are regardless and really focusing on the process rather than the perfection component and noticing that it is all about consistency over perfection and using tools to find your middle ground that being your kind of balance and knowing that the pendulum can swing but it is all about the intention that comes behind it so again clocking when you are using this all or nothing mentality even when you think about times in the past what are some times in the past that you actually went all in and then as a result of it, you naturally just went all out because you literally just can't cope with being all in all the time. It's not a natural human thing to do. We naturally don't have the mental capacity to be all in on something 100% of the time. So we need to have the self-regulation tools there in place so that we can control those impulses and have the habits and and behaviors there to be able to control our thought processes and behaviors following on from it so some really really helpful sustainable habits and ways of viewing food as a whole that can help you ensure that you don't go into that nothing mentality or going in between that black or white thinking is to get clear on your non-negotiables and those non-negotiables can be applied all throughout your health so that even in different seasons with different reasons you have these non-negotiables so you won't actually fall into that all or nothing because these are your base level sustainable habits that are going to take you through 
everything. So, for example, some non-negotiable sustainable habits could, of course, you know, the classic, it's a non-negotiable that I'm going to be having three veg, two fruit every day. So that if something like a challenge came up, you know, a helpful challenge, then that's already there. That's already non-negotiable. It's not like you're making huge changes to needing to incorporate loads and loads of fruits and veggies because that's your non-negotiable anyway. That is your base level. That is your standard. Other things would be like the likes of it's non-negotiable to get in your steps a day, go out for a walk, whatever it may be. Again, so that if something were to come up, if you were wanting to, you know, uh, work towards a certain target, whether it be a performance-based target or a weight-based target or improve your mental well-being, you're not going from extreme measures because that, again, is your standard. It's your base level sustainable habit that's always been there. And so you're not going to any extremes. Other things, the likes of building up a good non-negotiable with your water intake, of course, drinking and aiming for the likes of getting in that two liters more if you are, of course, working out and in certain environments or whatever it may be. The other things, you know, like the likes of, um, again, allowing foods that are less nutrient in your, less nutrient dense, sorry, um, in your daily intake. I am an advocate for including the likes of chocolate, whatever it is that appeals to you. You can ask anyone, literally anyone that knows me will know that I have chocolate every single day without fail. Like it's a non-negotiable, it's a standard. So that would mean for me that I don't I don't ever feel like I need to go into that mentality of the all or nothing or anything like that because everything is welcome, literally everything. And again, that's a standard for me. Other things would be the likes of hitting your, um, your standard would be of ensuring that you're getting in say for example three workouts a day so for example if you're someone three works oh, what am i talking about three workouts a day three workouts a week sorry gosh guys don't be going doing that um <laughs> unless you're like yeah a professional using bolt if you're listening hello um but yeah so if you are um setting yourself up with three say workouts a week if you were then to go into a like extreme, um, you know, prepping for a competition and you are say training six days a week or five days a week, you know that your base level, your non-negotiable is already three workouts anyway throughout the week. So again, you're not going into that all or nothing mentality because you're, you've set such good standards for yourself. You've set such good non-negotiables. So you don't even leave room for your mind to go into that mentality of the all or nothing black or white because it's just a different season with a different reason and it's not extreme measures um yeah so that as a whole is the all or nothing mentality and how you can build yourself up with some tools there okay team so that is a wrap on mighty mighty mindset in which we'll go through a quick summary now so that you are clear on exactly what we went through and ensure that you leave this episode with some tools to apply so as we mentioned at the beginning of the episode it is just a no-brainer how powerful the mindset truly is in our nutritional journey health journey as a whole every thought leads to an action leading to behavior which ultimately leads to your performance outcomes and the desired results that you obtain. There is just no going about it that the mindset is just a pivotal thing to nourish along your journey. 
Um, and this was illustrated as well through the study that we went through and even when you just sit and reflect on everything that you do on a daily basis and how it's so influenced by the thoughts that you have. The three key mindset shifts that we kind of went through today in which I do have many more to go through throughout this podcast, but the ones that we focused on today were all around that should and shouldn't language, the good and bad language around food, and the all or nothing mentality. So with um, these as a whole, it can lead to feelings of great expectation leading to strong emotions. Um, alongside feelings of disappointment and frustration or yeah, about yourself or whatever it may be. Um, and also falling into that all or nothing mindset can lead to the likelihood of not obtaining sustainable results on a regular basis. So as a whole, we want to ensure that we are using language such as I choose to, I am deciding to, I am choosing not to right now, always coming back to the element of you have access to choice and you always, always have access to choice and clocking that mindset and come in. Equally, you want to remove that moral compass from food, removing the degree of using words such as good and bad and really coming into this neutrality and knowing that you are no better or worse of an individual for having had that piece of cake or not having had that piece of cake. You simply are the same human being and yet removing that moral compass and coming into this neutrality ground. As for the all or nothing mindset mentality, we want to ensure that we're building ourselves up with sustainable, helpful habits that will bring you through life through all the different seasons with different reasons and ensuring that you don't go, you know, tunnel vision and all in putting your foot in completely and taking it completely out of the pool. And just as a whole, just clocking these different mindsets that can play out um, with your nutritional decisions and health as a whole, choosing compassion, always not beating yourself up, not allowing the feelings of guilt or shame to come in, simply just getting curious about it um, and having some fun and changing it as you go. And knowing that, of course, many of these um, mindset mentalities may have come from a long, long time ago, that being a huge component of conditioning. So, of course, with that, it will take some time to rewire that internal dialogue and rewire those thought processes. So be patient and show yourself compassion along your journey for sure. So with all that, I am just so grateful, as always, to have each of you all on here. And please, please do send anything that stood out to you during this episode. I love hearing what stood out to you, what you're going to take away, what you're going to imply. Equally, if you've got any further questions, please don't hesitate to reach out. I'm here to help guide, support you, cheer you on, whatever it may be. And we'll be back in two weeks' time for another episode. Thank you so much, guys, and be sure to reach out via Instagram, Facebook, email, all that good stuff linked in the show notes. Thank you.